Hey everybody, welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. As always, I'm Tyler, and yeah, I know, this is kind of an unorthodox time to release an episode over the weekend, but this was an opportunity that I just, I could not pass up. I had a chance to talk to somebody who is not only with the same agency I'm with down in New Mexico, Fergan Mayer, but somebody who booked their first audition with the agency, and it was Stranger Things. It, it's it's amazing. So just starting off of, of that, I wanted to know so much about you know his process and how he got into acting. But as we were talking, you you get to learn so much more about Roger. He's not just an actor. He's somebody who had a whole life before the industry. I mean, he grew up basically internationally. He found theater in Scotland. Then he accrued a very lucrative rugby career where he was traveling the world. He ended up you know working at this this shipped uh, nightclub slash cafe from Paris that all of the 1920s artists hung out at that was moved to New Orleans. And then suddenly he's, he's talking to like Quentin Tarantino or Beyonce. He's had a whole career, a whole life before acting. But then on top of that, he is also an amazing animal rights activist and an environmental activist. He's done so much and it's, I just can't say enough in the intro. It was a blast talking to him. We had never met before, never spoken before, but I'm glad we had a chance to sit down and talk to each other because this guy is amazing. I am so glad we had a chance to connect. Can't wait to bring him back on the show. Can't wait to see and, and talk to him in real life because he is he's one of those people that you can only come across once in a lifetime. And I wish him the best of luck. I know he's going to do great things. I just, uh, yeah, I, I can't give him enough credit in this episode or in this intro for for who he is. He's he's just fantastic. So I hope all of you are excited. This is going to be a fantastic conversation. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to bringing him back on the show because this guy is going to skyrocket. So I'm going to shut up. Let's just start the conversation. Let's sit down and chat with the amazing Roger Ivins. My name is Roger Ivins, and I'm an actor. Um, and uh, you know who I am? That is, that's a loaded question, but uh, I guess I can tell you where it all started from. Um, you know, I was born in Miami, Florida, to a German father and a Colombian Venezuelan mother. Um, she's a, a little bit of a gypsy and responsible for bringing with me, you know, all over the world, which you know, which has a lot to do with, you know, how I am in nature and how that translates to film, which we can get into a little later. Um, and then, uh, so she brought us to Bermuda at a young age where, um, my animal activism, uh, flourished. And then from there, we moved to Glasgow, Scotland, where I fell in love with theater and, uh, and rugby and became an international rugby player. Um, so who I am is, you know, an actor, rugby player, animal philanthropist in a nutshell, I guess you could say. Holy crap. That, that's, I, I'm trying to figure out what to unpack first from that. I do want to get like your ancestry alone i mean why were you guys moving so i mean so you have a german uh, father and then you have a uh, i'm sorry you, you have a colombian mother a colombian yeah she was born in colombia raised in caracas from venezuela oh um God. and so back in the back in that time you know they all migrated from colombia to venezuela now they're all going from venezuela to colombia <laughs> um so you know they're just going back and forth but my mom you know she uh, she's always been a gypsy at heart she left venezuela at 18 um, you know, met my dad, you know, in, in a nightclub. They're the only two dancing during a rainstorm. Um, and then I was born. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, my dad, he's in between America and Germany. He has a very successful uh, jewelry company. Um, and, um, yeah, and so, you know, it's just been pretty cool. You know, in Bermuda, when you grow up uh, in a tiny island like that in the middle of the ocean, you know, it's, you know, there's very few of us. It's a tiny island. It's only about 26 miles long and about a mile wide. And I think you see the world in like a certain way that just needs to be explored, you know, and, and that's really what I've, you know, been doing ever since then and different passions and things like that. And that brought me here also. Whoa. And then like going into Glasgow, I mean, you said you got into theater. Was that something you fell into or had you kind of looked at acting as something you might want to try out before that? 
you know, I've always loved the idea. I was, you know, I was a shy kid growing up at summer camps and stuff. And, you know, they were always doing theater and I always secretly wanted to be a part of that. Um, you know, but then in, in Kelvin's side, you know, like they, they forced us to do things in my school there. Um, so I was forced to, you know, play rugby at six o'clock in the morning, walking through ice and snow just to get a pounding and, you know, and then theater as well. And, um, and, uh, you know, and there was one, and there was one instance where, um, you know, I did a pantomime to a to a friend who had who had passed away, um, and I remember there being like that awkward silence at the end of a performance. You know, um, I'm thinking about Beethoven when he or Mozart, but anyway, um, and it's just you know, and and then all and I hear sobs in the crowd, and the effect that my performance had on the crowd is what made me fall in love with acting, and the responsibility that comes with that, and the you know, I had no idea because this was about me and my relationship with my friend and 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 the life that he lived. And then I touched so many people with lives that they had with other people, and they came and they hugged me, crying. And, and that was also the first time my dad ever came to anything I've ever done. Um, so it was just there's that, there's my friend, there's all those that pathway of like to to, to my viewers, to my audience, and how impactful that was. And it was just was so humbling. And then I knew that this is something that I want to do for the rest of my life. And I want to own that responsibility, you know? Yeah. Well, it sounds like you, you already had this natural sort of empathetic aura to you. You know, all of us as actors, we have that ability to kind of connect with our emotions in yeah. both a good way or a bad way. Right. So like having that natural skill did you go from theater to all right well like you had that revelation i want to i want to do this was it always i'm going to go back to the states and try to find work after training or were you thinking about staying in the like in scotland or staying in the uk well what happened at that point was um you know i was so there was you know rugby was um i was getting really good at rugby and um so then i you know i was uh because i'm american by nationality so you know, I was I was invited to play with the United States under 25 developmental squad. Um, and then I had gone to, you know, South Africa to play rugby, um, Argentina as well, and Mar del Plata. And so like, this was like, it was just such a cool experience because I'm, you know, I'm just traveling with my backpack and, you know, with a good attitude and like beating rugby teams and then, like working at the bar and living on top of the bar and just like living that kind of, you know, that backpacker, rugby, vagabond, you know, vagabond kind of kind of yeah. lifestyle. And, um, and that was fun for a while. And then, you know, and then after that, I, um, you know, I'm sitting on, uh, I'm sitting on my friend's boat in the British Virgin Islands because we were, um, you know, we were planning an adventure tour as a business. And I remember thinking, you know, like, because I, I had left theater for a moment there while I was doing all this stuff. And I remember thinking, you know, is this something that I want to do for the rest of my life? And then I got a text of uh, the image of a, of a building in New Orleans. Um, and it was hexagonally shaped. It looked, it was actually the restaurant in the type of Eiffel Tower in Paris in the 1920s. My friend was saying they brought it to New Orleans for the World's Fair in 84. And we're gonna open the world's greatest nightclub. You wanna be a part of it. Um, and so for 10 years, that's what I did. And so I was hanging out with the likes of Quentin Tarantino who would come to our Latin nights. The guy's hilarious. He would book like this VIP section just by himself and just like hang out with him and his manager and just have a blast. Uh, you know, Beyonce and her sister Solange were clients of ours. You know, we've done lots and lots of red carpet events um, and screenings as well. So that's what I was doing for that, you know, for the, the you know, from, you know, uh, 2010 to about 2018. Um, and it was, you know, it was honestly a dream. It just, it was just feels like a dream, um, you know, to be hanging with those people. And, and I met my good friend, Billy Slaughter, who's uh, a well-known actor in New Orleans. And, um, and he had told me about his podcast uh, and it was the Hollywood South season one, episode one. And it's exactly how to get started as an actor from ground one without it, without really having any, uh, even though I had something, you know, I wanted to start there. I like to start like, you know, when I, in the service industry, I like to start from the ground up and really get the, you know, the feel of things. And, um, and so then I started with a little bit of background and then I got bumped up to cast and then I did it again and they got bumped up again to cast. Um, and so I thought that was kind of just, you know, just 
really my frequency, you know, like this is, you know, this is like a, like a, a river that I'm jumping in that just flows with me already. And so, um, and then I was like, hey, Billy, man, I've been following your podcast. Like unbeknownst to him, he was like, no way. And I was like, and so, and so, you know, we were celebrating together. Um, and then from there, it really took off. I was signed in New Orleans. And then, um, you know, I moved to, um, you know, my family lives in New Mexico and during the pandemic, I wanted to be closer to them. And, um, and so I moved to New Mexico. I had, a, I had a hard time at first finding representation. You know, it didn't seem like anyone was hiring at the time. Everything was really slow. And then, um, and then I, I went to Seoul Acting School where I met uh, Peter Yankee with Fergun Mare, who, um, you know, who saw talent in me and, and uh, decided to represent me. And it's been a fruitful relationship since then. But on my very first audition with my new agent in New Mexico, we landed Stranger Things, the very first one. And so that's just, there's another sign after another sign that this, you know, that we're, you know, we're exactly where we need to be. Holy shit. The first audition <laughs> you have with Peter. <laughs> one, it's yeah. Stranger Things. Two, you nail it. In the final product, you fucking nail it even more. Like, are you on cloud nine now that you can finally talk about that and talk about your experience? You're like like keeping my mouth shut for a year that's like the hardest <laughs> thing you know and then it's like it, you know and then as it comes out i can talk about it a little bit just to say like I'm in it. and then and then they're like oh cool you know snipers probably usually have like one or two lines but you know but then but then i saw it and i was like i was like damn like you know that this really goes to show like how good they are at you know the, you know the, the duffer brothers and, and their editors how good they are because I mean, they used every bit of the footage and it came out great. And like, we absolutely nailed it. And, and you know, my co-pilot, my, my pilot, Jason Caviello, is, you know, we, that's that awesome synergy there. And we were just killing it. I mean, it was amazing. You know, that's like that, those kind of opportunities is, are so rare. And then to nail it like we did is, you know, maybe even rare. So oh, it's yeah. been great, man like a permanent smile painted on my face ever since it came out <laughs> and even when i go target shooting i have that smile which might look actually sinister i wonder how that looks you know yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> this guy loves his job way too much <laughs> yeah exactly he's having too much. oh that's the helicopter <laughs> that's right. well and, you know doing gum and causing carnage and yeah know. i mean the, the final product it came out amazing and yeah i agree with you because usually for especially like myself and, and my friends like like jason and i we always have those bits and shows and movies where you mm. are like the guard or the sniper you have one or two lines and then that's it but you guys had like a full-on two oh, to three yeah. minute sequence together yeah like, oh. that that's real worthy <laughs> dude absolutely and so i mean yeah i mean being, you know being like you know it, the, obviously we can't talk too much about it because some of your viewers may have not seen it but mm. You know, just to be in that pivotal of a scene, you know, and we and we had that synergy. Jason and I had that synergy that the moment we met each other in the trailer and just like was hitting it off, and then um, and then to take that in the helicopter, like two guys having that kind of synergy while doing what we're doing, you know, as pivotal as it is with those characters and what they have and what happens. I mean, it's such a powerful moment, and I mean, I, the sense of gratitude is is purely just overwhelming. You know? And, and it. it's it's more exposure for you as a performer not only for everybody who's watching it but even through the duffer brothers themselves i mean there's so much opportunity for future projects i would think especially with you you know it's it's one of those sequences that normally with anybody else it wouldn't stand out but both of you guys like you you killed it and your viewers are linked into that right. scene so i'm like you said you have stuff coming up which i know you probably can't talk about but have you noticed a surge of, of interest or a surge of uh, outreach from like say Peter or other reps that you may have for auditions or self tapes because of Stranger Things? Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, everyone's been coming out of the woodwork and uh, what's really <laughs> cool is that a lot of it's just, you know, a lot of it's my old friends that I've lost track with over the years and they're like, oh, no way. And then the other cool part of that is, you know, management companies. Um, I was just signed with PR Celebrity uh, just this morning. Um, and we're going to be making appearances uh, worldwide, uh, as well as uh, 
as well as other things in the works that I can't really disclose now. Um, but there certainly is is an uptick in interest. I do have two movies coming out I could talk a little bit about, um, but I'm certainly being eyed for some very big productions uh, that are taking place in the summer months that take place in a different era out west. And that's, that's all I can pretty say. That's all I can pretty much say about that for now. Oh my God, that's awesome! No, seriously, it's it's well deserved. Congrats on those. Seriously, like it's it's just awesome seeing people like, and I I automatically link to to other artists this way. Like I will I'll just call you like it's nice seeing a buddy go and achieve all these things that all of us are setting out to do. Right? Like we're all we should all be cheerleading each other. And I just want to say congrats on the success, man. It's thank you. Especially with your story, <laughs> holy shit! I'm, I'm very humbled, man. <laughs> Thank you. And and you know, I guess I just want to you know give a message out there to a lot of aspiring actors. You know that you know they say that 95 percent don't make, but you know 95 percent don't really try hard enough. So you know, I truly believe that if you have if you have that tenacity, if you have that, if there's nothing is going to stop you. And you know, obviously you have to love the auditioning process and and the, and the, and the 99.9 percent of being rejected you know most of the time so in a way you have to be a little bit masochist but if you understand that you know life is not about finding a job where you where, where you can have ends meet and then to have a little free time to find happiness no life is happiness and it's the pursuit of it because while you're in the pursuit of it you're also happy and if you're doing that and if you're in the frequency of what you love then you're gonna do well so don't ever give up if this is purely your dream you know and you know, I'm not saying that I'm a testament to that now, but it's been working for me. And, and uh, you know, I hope it works for, for everyone who's really trying hard for whatever, whatever it is that they love. Yeah. And honestly, man, it seems like more people who start this industry, maybe a little bit later in life, say, you know, you're not starting at 16 to be like a teen actor. You're starting after you've had life experience. You've lived a life outside of it. So, you know, hey, anything doesn't come up or hey, I'm rejected for that callback. I have a whole nother life separate from it. But I do want to know, you know, with your life experience, with everything you've done before, what is your daily life like now? Do you work a, a full-time job? Uh, do you, you know, like, like what sort of things do you do during the day outside of auditions that sort of keep you busy or keep you focused on other elements of your life? Um, well, to be, to be perfectly honest with you, I, um, you know, last, I gave myself a year last year and I said to myself, um, I'm going to give myself one year to become a working actor. And, nor and normally, you know, I like to, I treat this as a business, which usually takes three to five years to really get a business going. But I gave myself one year and um, and I'm there. And so and so I had saved up the funds to be able to do this for one year where I could purely focus on just acting. So, yeah. So what so what so what I do is, you know, I'm I'm, in, I'm engaged in acting classes galore you know the communication method with good faith casting yes uh, it, they're amazing uh james dumont he's like my he's been my coach since the beginning of my career that guy's amazing uh eliza castro uh mostly known for bloodline good friend of mine also acts as a manager so i've been fortunate to have you know all these classes and all these auditions and auditions to do and all these other established actors to give me feedback so i'm just always learning and absorbing and when i'm not doing that you know i'm in the mountains with my dog meditating or walking around town reciting lines you know i'm sure that looks weird to some people but hey you know we all do that um and uh you know and um, i like to hone my craft of uh, target shooting and keeping my keeping fit in mixed martial arts and you know and so these characters that i portray you know although you know, I'm not really an asshole, you know, as you might see. Um, not at all. You know, <laughs> you know, you know that, there are other parts of that character that are true to life. And that's, you know, more of just like a, like a, you know, just super focused but playful attitude and just really enjoying life and staying focused and acting and, and honing my skills as well. Those skills. Well, man, I mean, giving yourself a, a one-year goal is amazing enough to you know keep yourself grounded and keep yourself focused do you have a three to five year goal as far as like you can't necessarily plan out where you want to be as far as how many movies or how many tv shows but do you have let's say five years from now where would you like to be career-wise like where would you like to be living what would you like to be branded for what do you have any any goals for that yeah um 
Well, first, I guess we could do it like in a sequence of time. So, yeah. Um, first, I would like to be, you know, I am being branded as, um, you know, as like your, you know, your military, you know, special forces sort of typecast. Um, and I love it. You know, I have lots of guys in the, in the service and, um, and, and they actually helped me with my auditions here and there, which is really cool. Um, you know, for Stranger Things, they, uh, my, my buddy in the Delta Force, he specifically said, dude, make it look like you're attached to a lanyard. I might be the only person that actually did that. Um, you know, and um, so, you know, so that's what I'm typecast as now. You know, I have other stuff that I'm working on that's more of an emotional sign. Um, but where I see myself in five years from now, you know, I love New Mexico. I really do. And I see there's so much potential here. There's so... You know, we have, you know, we have obviously the Netflix studio, we have Universal Studios building a soundstage, you know, there's going to, there's so much work and there's so many people, qualified people here, um, you know, crew and, you know, and actors alike. And so part of my goal is to, as an actor, is to, as I rise, is, is to help rise the scene in New Mexico, you know, all together, you know. So, you know, my, my agent and I were talking about ways to, we can help bring up that standard a little bit. Um, because as you, as you may know, you know, a lot of these lead roles, they're still being cast from LA, you know, and when there is a lot of quality here and, and some of that is because, you know, maybe they're, you know, maybe the way that they're filming their auditions might not be, you know, might just instantly just put them out of the runnings. And so to get, you know, to provide something for our community here, like a, like raise the baseline so that we're noticed more for more of these reoccurring lead roles. Um, I've always been an animal advocate, advocate, uh, advocate. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when I was a kid, I, I in Bermuda, I led a um, an effort to uh, to ban shark finning off of British territorial waters, and and it led to that. Um, during the BP oil spill, uh, you know, the, the oil was approaching the shore, and I wanted to volunteer, and there was nowhere to go because um, you needed the hazmat training. So, you know, I became a hazmat trainer. I flew to Ohio. I got the license. And while I'm being trained, I had started a meetup group. We had thousands of people. We marched. You know, we, we marched to Jackson Square in the French Quarter. We gave a speech that I'll train you all for free. We trained thousands for free. Then we formed our foundation called Defenders of the Coast. And we, uh, we were working alongside the Coast Guard in Jefferson Parish and rescuing oiled birds. Um, it's on Vimeo, if you guys want to see it, uh, called Defenders of the Coast. There's a little pilot there that was filmed by 44 Blue Productions. So everything that I do, my friend, is with passion and love, everything. And that's acting. That's rugby. That's that's my animal philanthropy, and so and that's New Mexico film. And so, you know, I've never set a goal that I haven't reached. So that's oh. the goal within the next five years. Holy shit, man! You're how much do you sleep a night? <laughs> Lately, none. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just oh like to man, you know. Yeah, and I love the the animal advocacy too. Is that, I mean, would you ever consider funding a sanctuary or you know, like how how many branches are you looking to kind of dive into? Well, if there's a limit, know, yeah. I mean, there's, I don't think there is. Um, but um, I have plans here. You know, uh, actress Sarah Starr is a very good friend of mine, um, and uh, her and I are you know, are planning an animal sanctuary in the future. I mean, that's, you know, the, the, the dream is also to have like a, a ranch here in New Mexico where I rescue every animal manageable, you know, horses, you know, cats, dogs, you know, bears even. Um, and so, you know, when I, when I spent time in South Africa, I got to stay in a ranch like that and they had rescued, you know, all kinds of wild animals. You know, I made friends with a cheetah and it was just like such an amazing experience. Um, and um, yeah, so... That and so the, the longer term plan, as I you know, is, is to work alongside, is to work alongside other actors that are doing the same things, like your Matt Damon's of the world. You know, I think that, I think that when you gain notoriety in whatever field that you're in, that you have a responsibility as a human being of this earth. And um, and I was just, you know, I, and I have this, I was born with this thing where I, if I see a cause, I can rally people and we can go ahead and do it and, and do something about it. And so. I see that as a responsibility too that I, that I have to continue to do. Yeah, you have this innate leadership quality, even in the 25 minutes I've been talking to you, that I, I would I would follow you anywhere, man. I mean, you, you have that that leadership quality that that's so hard to build into somebody. I mean, thankfully you're using it for 
something great and something amazing and you know not to to just like produce some you know a couple indie films in LA you know you're doing something meaningful with it and I think that's just gonna that's going to carry your career even more because you aren't somebody who's just saying oh I'm I'm an actor uh and that's that's you know that that's who I am no I mean I feel like this is who you are you know you're you're a person of earth to not sound super weird (laughs) that's okay yeah I I went to a Deepak Chopra event recently and uh it's funny like one one of the things so he gives us 10 lessons to do every day and, and one of them is to literally hug a tree every single day you know, so that's quite all right. Bro. You know, <laughs> so once in a while, you might see me just like walk outside and hug a tree. And then come back oh man, I I hope they don't give you weird looks for doing that. I mean, we have people doing that all the time over here in Colorado. So I mean, it's oh. we're yeah. we're huge nature folks up here. <laughs> Dude, those like- are amazing goals to have, and I can see you reaching those goals even sooner than that. You know, it, it, whether it's your your acting or your activism it just seems like you're somebody who you know you're fully confident in who you are and you know what you want to do it's just a matter of you know taking the time to do it which you are doing in spades it's it's fantastic and i it, there's like no easy way to segue from your activism to you know the arts industry but i am kind of curious you know you found peter you gained representation through him you got your first audition through Stranger Things. You you booked it. I am curious to hear about the auditioning process for that because I assume there's a lot of NDAs, probably a couple of callbacks. You know what was that process like for you? See, that was that's just a whole nother crazy thing. So <laughs> yeah, typically it would seem like it would be like a normal audition where there are callbacks and things like that. Um, but there wasn't there wasn't one for this. Um, so I you know I um, by the way the the audition process was the, well. I'll start from the beginning because uh, when I got the news, it was the best and worst day of my life. Um, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, so the audition process was just, um, you know, was, you know, yeah, just my first audition request from from Peter Yaku for Gun Mayor was uh, was for Stranger Things. I'm like no way, snipe. You know, so I I instantly talked to my uh, talked to my Delta buddy. Uh, just worked out. He was in another country uh, and he was able to talk to me. The time was perfect. And, so we talked about how we're going to do it, um, and I did it a few times, and you know, I did some self tapes, and they, you know, they were, they were off the bat, they were very believable. I like to have my obviously my managers look at them at that point, and, and then we just really, we just, you know, really define, you know, what what a lot of actors do with um, with weapons, and you know, they say they with auditions these days with get, with with weapons ever since the Rust you know incident, they say, you know, to to not use real farms in auditions, and I could totally understand that, and respect that. For me, I am well trained in them, and. And um, and if you can do it well and be believable, then I'm going to do it, right? Um, and so we did that in the audition, and um, and I had sent I had sent off a couple to a couple versions to um, to my manager. And what a lot of people do when they're doing gunplay is they tend to cover their eyes, which as you know in audition you don't ever want to do. So if it's a scoped rifle like it was, obviously you cover the eyes. So you have to cheat that, you know. And so we we sent it what I believe to be just like the the, per, uh, the best audition I've ever done. Um, at that point in time. And I do think they get, you know, I do think the quality is even improving. Um, and then it was only, you know, two days later and, you know, I'm at the dog park and I haven't heard anything about a call back, nothing. And I see a missed call from Peter and I call him back and he's like, stranger things is yours. Just like that. Two days later, no call back, no nothing. Um, and if you guys want to see an example of, of that awesome addition, having to do with eye lines and framing and gunplay. Um, if you have an audition coming up and there's stuff like that, please look at mine because I do think it's pretty close to perfect. Um, it is on my Instagram. Um, so you'll be able to find it there and, and, and take a look at it. And then there was the, um, yeah, and then so we got it. And then, and I was just, my whole family and I, we were, you know, we were just in, in the clouds. And, and then the same, you know, and then the same day we had to, um, you know, get results from my mother's, um, uh, you know, mammogram. And, um, so then she had, she was uh, sick with cancer. So it was just like, oh my God, like the, the worst, like I've never experienced that before in my life. Like the, the best news you could possibly imagine. And then, you know, and, um, God, and, uh, but 
that is all gone now. My mom is 100% healthy. We all had a a family vacation at our place in Mexico and it was an absolute blast. So everything is, um, everything is great. Um, And she's, uh, you know, she's uh, sort of my dedicated reader now. And, and um, it's just uh, lovely that I'm getting to spend all this time with her in Santa Fe as I'm building my house in Mesa del Sol at the moment, which is right across the Netflix studio. So I can be a part of Holy shit, man. I one, I am so thankful to hear that your your mother beat it. It's it's gone. She's she's cleared, right? She's good. It's all cleared. No, not a trick. Oh my god. Dude, seriously. I my most women on my uh my mom's side have gone through the same thing. And it's always just the like it it hits not only at inopportune times, but to the people that it should never happen to. So I'm just, I'm glad to hear that she's, dude, seriously. It's always the good ones, always the good ones you know, and then and you got to be a rock for them. And then at the same time, be a rock for yourself. That's, that's not easy. But, you know, my mom is an amazing human being and she uh, she only has good things coming her way because good comments come. Um, but yeah, so, so then, um, so then that happened, and then everything's been great. Um, I continued to book roles after that. I think for a little while there, I might have been, you know, this is just me, but, you know, one of our fastest growing actors have maybe been averaging about a booking a month. Um, and then, you know, New Mexico, you know, and this is really the slow time too from yeah. January until now, more or less. Um, and I attribute that to a lot of my coaching, but, you know, the, the time and availability that I've had for this. Um, and so, um, uh, can I mention a couple of things that are coming out soon? Like, is Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And, and I'll, I'll write it down. I'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah, so there's, um, oh man. So uh, there's a, a VR uh, coming out probably in the, in the winter time for virtual reality. It is a, it is a local indie spy drama adventure story uh directed by robert brown where i am um, sorry robert town where i am um, uh, where i play a russian villain with accent and everything and uh we hired um a local uh um stunts agency for that so we had a month of stunt training and so the fight scenes are absolutely amazing you know so the storyline is you know more or less is that you know i'm, I'm a russian villain you know connected to the kremlin and I um, and I I mess with the minds of American spies through the use of virtual reality. So it's uh, it's going to be in, in lots of film festivals around the world, and um, can't wait for that to come out. Um, and the next one is the feature film Lonesome Soldier, uh, with my supporting role as the drill sergeant. And that should be uh, hitting Netflix in the fall. It's a Netflix, it's a Netflix production. Holy crap, man! I believe. <laughs> Well, I'm still flabbergasted. A booking a month is unheard of for any actor, especially, you know, once you, it seems like you've hit a stride, you know, like you found the secret, man. And now you're, you're just booking constantly with no, doesn't sound like any, any need to, to obtain another service job or, you know, be a bouncer at a club or anything like that, like that. Yeah. I, and you're building a house across from Netflix studios that, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I'll have a housewarming party, man. And uh, I'd love for you to come. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. I was in Albuquerque last uh, last summer for a quick shoot. And driving past the studios is like, you get you get chills. You're just like, you really, the... <laughs> that whole area is just like, you feel like it's just, it's dedicated to the film. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and, and you know that there are, you know, directors and producers living there or staying there, you know, throughout their time filming there. And so that's, um, you know, it's just, uh, and whenever I drive to Albuquerque, I just feel that welcoming vibe that, of film. And then I get that even more as I go into Mesa del Sol. And, and it'll be done in the, in the wintertime, you know, obviously there's shipping delays and stuff because of, you know, what's going on all around the world. Um, but it's going to be a beautiful home and I can't wait to entertain my friends there. So. Hell yeah, brother. Oh, I'll, I'll make the drive down there in a heartbeat. You just let me know when the housewarming party is coming and I'll, uh, I'll be there for sure, dude. That's one thing I will promise you. <laughs> I, I, you know, looking at you, you have this, this regal presence to you 
And I'm curious to know, do you have like idols in mind when you're acting or not when you're acting, but maybe people you've looked up to when you were younger that maybe you emulate a little bit. Is there anybody that comes to mind? Um, yeah, and I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on his name. The author of The Old Man in the Sun. Um, oh. Uh, Hemingway. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I'm actually not, the, I'm more of a reader than a, than a TV watcher. And, you know, growing up in an island, you know, I've always, you know, I remember reading, you know, I remember reading that novel on my dock, looking at fish. And he was an adventurer too. Um, and the crazy thing is, is that he was, he once entertained himself at the venue when it was in Paris that then came to New Orleans that then I then owned. Um, and so, so Hemingway, just how he was as a person, as a philanthropist, as a lover, as a human being, you know, I've always admired him, you know, as a, as a human being and as a writer. Um, so I, I tend to I tend to line you know line myself with this kind of images. Yeah. So is the old man in the sea your favorite Hemingway novel? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, because of you know yeah. I guess the affinity I had with the character. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a that's a solid book. I'm a huge fan of The Sun Also Rises, which a lot of my friends don't <laughs> don't yeah. like. Uh, but no, that's I, I could see that because you have that adventurous soul to you, and it honestly. I think there's an attraction to you with your performance and with the industry itself that you are somebody who does not have to rely on this for your life. You are happy in every single other, other avenue so that there's no yeah. smell of desperation, right? So when you go into an audition, man, you might be nervous, but I guarantee you the CDs, the directors, they're looking at you going, oh, this guy, he's, he's, he's gold. Like, he's fine. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's not shaking when we ask him, so what do you do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, I just feel like I just, you know, you just there's just no time for that, you know. It's just yeah. be yourself, be you, be comfortable in your skin and just you know, yeah. You never do so are you going to uh the, the Southwest Actors Conference in September? Yes, yeah, actually I am. Will awesome. I see you there? Uh you might, yeah. I have uh some previous engagements that week, so I have I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, fly or drive out there within like 12 hours of that thing happening but yeah. it's it's on the docket i'll be in phoenix uh first week of august for a commercial shoot so uh -huh. i guess I'll, I'll get the lay of the land but uh yeah i i've never did you go last year i, don't, I haven't been at all no no um i haven't i haven't been at all either um but as i um you know as i'm more there and and um and, you know as i'm living in albuquerque i'll be yeah. you know i plan to attend you know a lot of that stuff i've been doing a lot of traveling lately as well um yeah I'll, I'll definitely be in that one oh hell yeah and, and honestly i, I want to go back really quick to to your studying you know you're you're studying with faith and you're studying with a bunch of other professionals do you have a technical approach to your performance like well, some people are more meisner based some are more stanislavski some are more uh well some are trying to go more nicholas cage with the pneumonic chevaux style but <laughs> yeah more Stanislavski to be honest with you um you know just more of a, I'm more of a method actor I would find because of all my life experiences and things that I could draw upon um yeah so I would say closer to Stanislavski yeah. oh nice yeah I just I can't ask that question to anybody but I have to <laughs> you know like it seems yeah. like you study a lot so I have to you know I'm curious <laughs> um I mean, thankfully, a lot of like you know, a lot of what I've learned lately is is just because I've been so inundated with auditions is is is, is the feedback on my auditions. But I, I will tell you that you know, good faith casting really uh, really helps a lot with a lot of these nonverbal cues. You know, things that um, you know, things more on a psychological level that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, where that really where that really helps. Um, and, and James Dumont, more of you know, more of that. You know, it's it's, it's more method and more. You know, drawn back on previous experiences, and you know, and, and then being that character and bringing that to the character. I, I just thought of this, and I think I know the answer. But would you ever consider playing Hemingway, or do you feel like that would be too daunting of a role? I would absolutely love that. <laughs> I would jump all over that, like, well, man, let me, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. an honest to God. 
depiction of Hemingway, not this like Hollywood. Uh, I love Baz Luhrmann, but something that's a little more grounded and gritty. I feel like you would nail that. He was a thinker. He was a deep thinker. He had his heart broken a lot of times. Like, you know, there are lots of times when he was probably just drinking alone and, you know, and, and deep in thought where a lot of his stories come from, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I would love to play that role. Oh yeah, man. And I mean, you're, you're a deep thinker yourself. You say you meditate when you go on walks or you're going over lines, but do you have any uh, preference as far as music goes to allow you to decompress? Are you a heavy music guy or do you prefer like the sounds of nature? Actually, um, I was having that conversation today with my actress friend, Sarah. Um, so there's um, the sound of nature, which you probably hear around me. Nothing can beat that. Um, but but when, I'm, when I can't be in nature and I have to be in my office, uh, I'm a huge believer in binaural beats, you know? Um, and so for me, um, you know, if whatever, whatever state I'm trying to get in. So I, when I meditate, you know, you want to you get in that place like in between thoughts. That's that, that place of like pure silence. And sometimes when you have so much going on, it takes a while to get there. But I'll listen to, you know, binaural beats, usually theta waves. To, um, and I'll play that on my headphones while I'm reciting lines or working on anything. And, and that gets me right there. So for anyone who's, you know, who wants to, you know, who's an actor and, and, you know, has been struggling with their lines, like, let me tell you, that's hands down, you'll notice an you know, improvement in, in, um, in, your, in your ability to retain information. I've never heard of that. Is there, is there a playlist on, on YouTube or is there like a Spotify uh, playlist? Well, there's, um, so well, if you go to YouTube, um, and you could you could type in binaural beats for concentration, for sleep, for theta. Um, and so what you want to do is, you know, you want to, you, you want to, because it's, it's very audible. So obviously you want to have the best headphones possible to listen to it. Um, and then there are even such things as mind machines, um, which, uh, you know, which is, um, which is like that, but it, um, there's one called a casino. Um, but that's, you know, that's a, that might be a topic for another, for another time, but that's, you know, it, it's, it then combines like audio and visual. And then, you know, and then you can get yourself into these states for whatever intentions you might have. Whoa. Okay. I'm definitely looking that up for the next, uh, next couple of auditions I got to send in. Cause as you know, you might get quick turnarounds where it's three yeah. to five pages of dialogue and you have five hours to send it in. <laughs> no extension. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I know, and then a challenge like that, like I do love, and it's like, yeah, it's like, all right, get to work, time, headphones, desk, you know, as you know, we probably write it out a thousand times, and then underline things, oh, yeah. and then practice, and then look at ourselves, and, you know. So. Are you, would you say you're, uh, like, more of a photographic uh, memorization type actor, or do you go through it a couple of times, or maybe even more than that, to get that flow? Like, what's your connection to the text? Well, so, so I've, like throughout different classes, you know, I've had, you know, throughout, the, you know, throughout the years of how to do that, you know, I've been able to take um, like different approaches. Um, and so, you know, one is, I'll, you know, basically I'll read the script 20 times over without making any decisions on anything whatsoever. And then I'll go in there and I'll, I'll without still making decisions, I'll still underline what I think our action is. And then I'll read that 20 times over. Then I'll throw that away. And then I'll write everything through memory, like maybe a thousand times over. Then I'll go to the dog park and walk with my dog and recite these lines. And as you know, like the more we do it, the more light bulbs come off. And so after 10,000 times, you're like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I love that. That's the part of me that nerds out is how people are memorizing lines because everyone's different. Yeah. <laughs> there is another one too. I forgot the guy's name for the method. And this was tremendous help. Um, so what I do, and, and, and I, it's it's a way of making the words visual in a way. So, you know, so you have like, so I write all my notes on um, on little pieces of cardstock, and so I'll I'll write all the, you know I'll, I'll write all the sides down, and then I'll have another card which with a little piece cut out. So I'm only saying word by word. So I'll say the words as I'm moving, and then repeat it every time. So it's like so before you say the word, you reveal the word, and that does something visually to your head, to your mind. Just just revealing the word before you say it, 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 it does something. Um, so yeah, so that's a, that's a neat little trick. But that's oh yeah, that's a, God, what's what's the technical term for that? I can't uh, they, they use it for uh, foreign language classes too, from, from what I remember years and years and years ago. But yeah, I, that makes total sense. Yeah, 
yeah and then and then <laughs> discovering how you learn you know like most people like we you know if you study how languages are formed you know it's really like you know it's to express what we're seeing and so we always you know we, we, we pick up people's you know micro movements before our brain even realizes what they are so most of us by nature are visual so all these little tricks that that help you that, that help you bring the you know the the verbal back to its original source of so the imagery and then for me that really helps even seeing the scene better and then getting the feel of the scene and the environment you know like the the space you know yeah dude i i love your you know very sort of ethereal and wise approach to the craft itself it's something that I don't think anyone's really brought up on this podcast and it's so uh it almost seems so revolutionary but from I'm sure your perspective it's just natural right it's just the way that that it ought to be and it's not this grand sort of cosmic thing acting it's just being a human so I I love your approach to it man and I you you have (laughs) you have a lot of stories I'm sure that have gone out through your entire life that made an impact on you but I'm wondering, and I, I love asking this uh, of our guests, but if you have a party story that you could share with us, so something that you would tell at a party because the story itself was so impactful or has stuck in your mind so well throughout the years, do you have something that you could share, whether it's, you know, working in the arts industry, being on the set of Stranger Things, or, you know, uh, showing Tarantino to his table <laughs> in New Orleans? Guys, um, Yeah. I mean, the parties that I go to these days, you know, our, our conversations are more existential in nature. Um, 20 years ago, that would be a different story. Um, well, maybe even so, but um, so, you know, I'm big on transformation, especially since we come from a very hard time and, and there's a lot of good things to take from this. And that's that a lot of people have been able to, to really take this time to refocus on their true calling. And so a lot of people have done what I've been doing in, in their own respective fields. And, and that is something that I applaud, you know, it's that, you know, it's that pursuit of, of what it is that you're meant for. Um, so, you know, being big on transformation, you know, brings me back to a story. And I was always a big adventurer as you know, and I would, um, I would travel the world and, uh, you know, with my backpack, my, you know, my fins and a spear gun. And I would like live off the fish that I would spear and find the most beautiful beach in the middle of nowhere. And so here I am and I pull up, you know, after like two days of driving through deserts in Baja California to this one beach and it's called Playa de los Muertos. And that means beach of the dead. And the reason why they call it that is because it's so beautiful and so pristine that they created so much, so many myths and legends that, that to keep people away because it's just so beautiful. It's a spiritual place. I mean, it's too beautiful. I couldn't stay there. So I, you know, so I pull up, I pitch my tent. I'm laying out all my gear, you know, my fins, my knife, my spear gun, my mask. And then, um, and then all of a sudden, like a giant caravan of cars is just driving down, like driving up. And then they pull over like 500 feet to my left. A family of like, you know, it's just like families, you know, of, you know, of locals come out and, and, uh, and have this giant, party and they're you know putting up all their and they're literally 500 feet from me and it's all bare as far as the eye could see it's just pitch and i'm just like okay guess i'll make the most of them. i'll make them the most of it you know and and then uh, later on that evening you know i noticed the other side this commotion and then you know the kids are around this little thing that's kind of like flopping on the ground and then they're quickly followed by their, their fathers who are bringing like knives and machetes. Um, and then I go to see what it is. And I'm standing behind this girl and I've never, I've never been afraid to, to be vocal of what's right. And I won't, even if I have to put my life in jeopardy, I'll always do what's right. And, um, and sea turtles cry. And this thing was on its back and it, it actually wails like a baby, right? And this is a, you know, this is a big crime that happens in the Baja Coast. There's, there's a lot of people harvest the sea turtle eggs and they, even, and they even harvest the meat. And um, and I said to them, you know, I was like, oye, mira, ustedes no van a comer este animal, okay? Sabes, which is in English means, listen, you guys are not gonna eat this animal. I was a little bit aggressive at first, but then I just, like, and this thing is on its back crying. 
And these guys are like, who's like, who's this green that's telling us what to do? You know? So it was like, I had to make a point. So I either just like barge in this crowd or just walk away. So I pushed my way through. I was always a big guy, you know? And then uh, I lift this turtle onto its stomach and I, and I was, and it was just perfect. It's, you know, the wave came and, and I, and I took this turtle and I, and I glided it back into the water. Animals are grateful, man, you know, and you could see that. And then, but the surreal moment wasn't my action, wasn't, the moment was, you know, because the, the turtle was having a hard time regaining its energy and strength. So, you know, as the sea was, as, as the sea was, um, you know, rescinding and, and as it's going with it, it, um, it looked very weak. And so we're watching it. And as it began its strength to swim, you know, the transformation was in the people that were there. You know, like that crowd that was with me watching this animal, you know, they um, they were transformed in that moment, you know, because that turtle had like this look of like I was saved. It it added, you know, I guess to them, you know, humanity to an animal. To me, we're all the same. We're all we're all, you know, animal species that that, that, that cohabitate this planet. But for them, it, it looks sentient, you know, and. Um, and then, and then later that night, they walked over to my tent and, um, and they said that uh, their grandmother wants to meet me. And as you know, in these Latin communities, you know, the grandmother is the, the ultimate matriarch, right? And so she's there and she's stirring this big old pot that they must have had for a hundred years, you know? And like the best soup you can imagine, all, all kinds of meats in it. And so I was hanging out there all night with the grandmother while they're feeding me some clear looking moonshine, having a blast with these guys having this old you know aztec grandmother just telling these stories about her people in the area and um and we spent the whole night talking and i ended up going fishing with these guys the next day and you know we caught uh we caught um a couple of marlin to eat that there and so we're just making ceviche right there and sharing and, and you know yeah at first i was annoyed that they were 500 yards away from me but we were there for three days you know after that moment of transformation you know the, of just just an awesome time with myself and this Mexican family that had been there for over 100 years on this beach called Blados Muertos in the middle of nowhere, Baja California. Absolutely amazing. I, dude, I have no fucking words for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no words for that. I, um, well, one, like, I, I can't fathom standing in that moment you know, where there's, you were talking about transformation, there's those moments of, of like high tension, but immediately followed by that sense of connectivity and recognizing yeah. sentience. Like that's, it, it, it makes me want to like tear up thinking about it, dude. Like it's just, it's fantastic. And you found a kinship with the, like, like this random group of people that at one point could have easily tried to attack you for like moving in. Yeah. And what started as like ultimate annoyance because they're like, you know, who's this gringo? And obviously like Spanish is my first language. So I know they're yeah. like not happy on there. Yeah. And then like, you know, and then, you know, from that like ultimate to like just like to like family, you know? It's just amazing. Bro, oh my God. Like, it was and... wild live for, right? Like how could yeah. you know one extreme if you don't know the other? Yeah. And I think that also can transcend into our performances and screens as well. Dude, you, if you don't write a memoir like in the next five years, I'm just going to get all these stories recorded and I'll publish it myself. <laughs> you're an adventure and just make more stories. Dude, you're just, you're, you're fucking awesome. Like, I've, we, we've never met in person, but when you reached out, I had this feeling of like, yeah, I, I definitely want to talk to this guy. I, I just, there, there's, have yeah it's just it, it's awesome connecting with you dude and like that that story is going to stick with me for a while because i can i can see all of it happening i can visualize it and i uh yeah i don't know that just i, I want to say right now like that story itself is a gift so thank you for for giving that to me and you know you you had talked about um you know you started that organization it was uh i wrote it down here it was oh, defenders of the coast right you had that you have your movies coming up. Uh, is there anything else that we can give a shout out or promotion to, whether it's another organization or a charity that you really believe in? Is there something else I can put on the uh, the episode as well? 
Um, well, I'm a big supporter of uh, the Humane Society of Española. Um, yeah, they're uh, you know they're they're closer to me here, and so you know I make uh, you know so anything that we can do to to uh, to help uh, to help our animals. Um, you know, I, I tend to stay away from donating to human causes because I think that we just, uh, by all means, do it. Um, I just uh, think that we're responsible for so much when I'd rather spend my funds and my time on the complete on the innocent, right? Yeah. Um, and so. The Wounded Warrior Project is a big one. Um, you know, as a, as a matter of fact, I, I really like to do something in, in, you know, either with residuals or Stranger Things or, or upcoming war movies where, you know, with a, for whatever war movie I'm in, I think it's right that a percentage goes to the Wounded Warrior Project. Mm -hmm. So I'm still trying to figure out what that is. Um, but there's, there's, you know, we have to get back to those guys, especially if we make movies about them, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. No, that's that. Those are all amazing and i'm gonna make sure we, we shout those out as well uh and you you touched on a lot of it earlier on in this conversation but is there one more piece of advice you could pass on to uh arts workers who are just starting out or maybe they're they've been in it for a bit and they're trying to to, to stick it out do you have a a piece of wisdom you can also impart on them in addition to what you had uh, mentioned before to, to not be afraid you know and if you know, a lot of us artists, you know, we're, we're actually, you know, we're, we're empathists and for the most part, and we're actually secretly introverts, you know, to not be afraid, you know, if you need your downtime, you know, nature's a really good part for that, you know, do put yourself out there. Um, know that there's, know that there's nothing ever holding you back, that whatever it is that you want to do in life is really a switch, you know, and, and feel yourself being there. If you can feel yourself being where your goal is, then, then you're already there. And that's how it acts like a switch. And I guess one last thing that I want to share with everybody, and this is probably one of the, one of the, you know, aside from a hugging a tree every day, less than two from Deepak Chopper to me was to, um, and I'm happy I gave you a gift by telling you my story, but it's exactly to give everyone a gift that you come across. And, and that gift could just be a thought, you know, like, I hope you have an awesome day. You know, like even, even on set, even if I'm not in, in something, it's just like, you know what? I hope you're going to kill it, man. You know, like if someone, if you look like someone is just having a bad day, just be like, and believe it or not, even though they're not hearing your words that we live in an energy world, they are receiving it to some extent, you know? And if you go around with that kind of attitude, I just think that, you know, you, you know, you, you are your thoughts, right? And so if you are your thoughts and you're doing what you love and, and, and you have a method to it and you're ready to put yourself out there and do it. If it feels right, just do it. And you can't go wrong. Yeah. No, those that that belongs in a fucking shirt too, dude. <laughs> hey, seriously, if more people if more people did that, we'd we'd be happier in our lives. So yeah. that's just it's another thing that I, I want to thank you for for delivering that, for giving me a gift, for for chatting with me. I have one more thing before I stop the recording here, and it's uh <laughs> a lot of people have it. I grew up on 90s comedy VHS tape, so it's you know, I, I'm linked to every single good or bad comedy from like 85 to 97. And my uh, my show, we, we end every episode with an awkward goodbye. And it's me giving you a silent Wayne's World countdown. And when I point to you giving us your best verbal uh, or it could even be nonverbal awkward goodbye. And then I stop the recording right there. Are you familiar with Wayne's World at all? Yeah. Um... Yeah. So they go with the vacuum bot. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're uh they're camera guy. Every time they shoot, and it, it's a pivotal moment in the movie too, where things just switch. But he just does this like three, two, one, and then when he points, that's when like these guys are they just start freaking out. So we like to end every episode with just an awkward goodbye. Do you feel like you could uh, you could muster up something awkward for me? Oh man, um, let me see. <laughs> I can't throw lines from Stranger Things, can I? Um, I mean, you could from uh, you could probably do Volume One. Like, what's an example of being awkward, uh, dude? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's always easy to be awkward until you ask somebody to be awkward, and then we start <laughs> overthinking. I'm like awkward in general, I think. <laughs> you know what? We'll we'll just do it. I'm just gonna do it really quick, and then whatever comes out comes out. 
you'll be you'll be cold, man. No pressure. Let's here. Ready? I'm just gonna wind you up here. And three, two, one.